three, two, one. The Windsor Speakeasy. It is our great privilege to share in the lives and stories of our indigenous peoples on this beautiful land, the site of thousands of years of human activity, much of which has been the work of indigenous women who have maintained cultures rich in knowledge, history, skills, and environmental stewardship. We are grateful. We acknowledge that the land we stand upon today is the traditional territory of the Three Fires Confederacy of First Nations, which includes the Ojibwa, the Odawa, and the Potawatomi. We recognize the First Peoples' continued stewardship of the land and water. Today, many Indigenous peoples continue to call this land home and act as its stewards. And this responsibility extends to all peoples to share and care for this land for generations to come. Hey, Speakeasy listeners, uh, we just want to give you a heads up that we have a content warning for the following episode. We will be discussing drug use, addiction, and loss of life. So if uh, you need to, um, take some time before you listen and uh, just be aware. Thanks. Welcome to the Windsor Speakeasy podcast. Uh, TJ here with my ever lovely co-host Bronwyn. Um, Hi guys. And t- today we have a little bit of a different show than our regular show for you. We're not we're not yeah, going to jump not, into an icebreaker. Not the tone of our of our regular uh episodes on this one. Yeah, it, it's it's a pretty serious topic that we're dealing with. Um it's something that came up rather quickly. We learned about it yesterday or the night before yesterday wednesday uh, night yeah a couple get... days ago so we're trying to get this episode out as quickly as possible um so that we can get you guys in the know Absolutely. so we want, you, we want all you guys to know what we know so here we go yeah here we go so to set the table on wednesday night we discovered that counselor of Ward 3, Ronaldo Agostino, put forward a notice of motion, which just is a fancy way of saying, hey, I'm going to do this at council. Um, and his notice of motion was to rescind or take back the approval of a CTS site. And CTS is Consumption, Treatment, and Services Site. Um, some people might know it as a safe injection site. Um, but it's a place for people who choose to use drugs to go consume those drugs safely. Uh, and this is not something new or novel or risky or weird. This is kind of the standard practice in one of the key parts of dealing with our opioid epidemic. Yes. This is uh, something it- that a lot of cities across the world have used to prevent preventable deaths yeah and 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 these sites are so effective that the stats show that there are zero deaths in any current cts in canada and there's many of them across uh, the country there's a lot in vancouver there's a lot in toronto obviously where there's greater populations um and they're a little bit more forward thinking as far as politics goes but uh they're all over and there have been zero not one overdose death at any of these sites in the country so uh, there's very effective at helping the people who come in 
uh, and choose to use the drugs in this facility, stay safe. We hear time and time again these these stories of folks who use drugs and they're alone and end up ODing and dying um, because they don't have a support system or a safe place to choose to do this. Yes. And so what uh, Counselor Augustino wants to do is he wants to ask council to withdraw their previously unanimous unanimously or was it unanimous i don't know but either way counselor augustino wants to ask council to revoke their approval of the current site of this cts facility and that is going to be discussed on monday at council and our listeners all of you guys deserve to know that this is happening so that you can jump in with us and advocate for our most vulnerable citizens in our city. So we're going to give you all the info that we were able to collect over the past 24 hours. TJ, I commend you like crazy for being able to get these uh, important stakeholders on the phone and get these interviews um, and get this content for us because you guys are speakeasy listeners. You deserve to know what's going on and you deserve to jump in and have your voice heard if you agree with what you hear. So here we go. Yeah, there, there's a couple, uh, quite a few calls to action of things you can do to help um, both make this heard and let your voice be heard to the people who are going to vote on this on Monday. And we'll get to those at the end of the episode. Uh, I'm going to be honest with you guys. It was our first time doing um, over the phone recordings in the way that we did. So we're definitely not going to win any awards for our audio quality on this episode. So please bear with us. But this information was much too important to worry about um, perfect sounding recordings for this. So uh, bear with that. To give you a tease of the people we talked to, we managed to get a interview with Ronaldo Agostino himself. Uh, and that we're going to put at the end of the episode. So please stay tuned all the way if you want to hear that. Uh, it was a very interesting conversation to kind of feel what kind of grasp he has on the situation and where he's coming from. Um, but we have a few other voices. We wanted to hear as many voices as we could get on uh, to give you more than one perspective on this issue. So um, the first thing we're going to play for you is not actually a new piece of recording. It's a piece that we have in our Speakeasy archive. Um, it is a, a an interview we did with previous Ward 3 counselor, Rena Bordelin. This is before... Uh, Bronwyn had actually joined the Speakeasy Project. This is the mm-hmm. early days of the project. Um, and so Cameron and I, uh, uh, one of our partners in the project, interviewed um, Reno. And one of the questions we asked him was about leadership. Um, and so, Bronwyn, do you have anything to add or you want to roll that tape? Uh, let's roll it. I, I'm, a, I'm a tiny bit jealous that I get, didn't get to be in this uh, in this conversation, but I am so glad that it led to me joining this podcast and, and talking with you. So I'm excited to hear the clip. Heck yeah, we'll roll the tape and then uh, we'll talk about it after. Okay, enjoy. This is one of my favorite questions to ask and you're a leader in our community. I just want to know what is your definition of leadership? Hmm. How do you define that? I would say it as, as being able to do do the right thing, even when it's not popular, but being able to bring people with you. So not being scared to actually stand on an issue. A lot of times politicians are reactionary. I was having this conversation the other day about a C- the CTS. So CTS is like safe injection site, consu- consumption treatment site. 
for that's going in downtown here. Usually when it comes up and when it comes up in most cities and places, and I've had people call me about this, like mayors from other cities, because they're like, how did you get like the ward counselor and, and, and the BIA and stuff on board? Usually the ward counselor, everybody's upset. Nobody wants a CTS in their neighborhood. So the ward counselor says, I have to vote against it. And that's it. And then you just stop there. And like, so when we originally did this, the first day that, that they announced that they were going to open a CTS downtown, in three days, a woman came to us with a petition with over 500 names on it, real signatures against the CTS downtown. So that day we started, and I had help from um, uh, Sarah Sipkar, who was working at the DWCC. We started like educating residents on you know, why we needed one, what was actually happening there. That started like years before that council meeting. So for two years, we were meeting with residents, meeting with business owners. We started a safety security roundtable. Police and everybody were on board. Police ended up supporting it. The previous chief of police said he was going to park outside one and arrest everybody coming out. This police chief staff contributed to the whole process. A lot of this stuff was because they had the cover that everybody wanted this and it was okay. Mm -hmm. So we went from having 500 signatures against it to having a unanimous vote at the BIA, even though the last BIA voted against it, a unanimous vote at the BIA supporting the location. No residents, not one resident came to speak against it. Not one. There was two business owners, which are the two flanking business owners, which I you have to be sympathetic to them. But aside from that, everybody else, every organization, every uh, residence group and the business groups all supported the location. I could have very easily said, no way, can't go down here, has to go somewhere else and just fought against it and be seen against it. Or you can take the opportunity and bring people with you. Mm -hmm. And it's not so much the leadership isn't necessarily pinned on the person it's where you bring everybody to that's the key it's like if you bring people along and they actually see why that's a good thing and they move and they change and they actually go that direction then it's like worked and it's and it and it's actually brought people along otherwise it's just like you're pulling people which isn't the same thing Wow, those are some interesting points uh, and some insights that Reno's was able to give us. And the thing that I found most interesting and that I want to pick out of, of, of that clip was that um, there were 500 people that signed a petition against this that were, were naysayers to then once the re-education, once they learned the data, once they saw all the work that these frontline workers were putting forth, there was a unanimous vote in favor at the end of it. There was zero delegates um, from the residents, delegations from residents that were against this. So from 500 people to unanimous support and zero naysayers, that is compelling information. So again, drives home that point. Why now is there any reason to doubt this data? Yeah. And and an interesting thing that I learned that uh, wasn't present in that clip, but I got to give kudos to um, Councillor Jim Morrison of Ward 10. Originally, he was against a a safe injection site and had real concerns about what it would do for the surrounding businesses and the communities. 
Jim took it upon himself to go to Guelph to check out their safe consumption site um, and changed his tune. I think there was an article that came out from CTV Today of him uh, standing in front of the proposed safe inge- or consumption site supporting this, saying this is something that we, we need. Um, all the the worries that he had originally were quelled by just educating himself. So uh, it's yeah. a, it's an important fact. That's growth. Shout um, out, Jim. That's that's good. Yeah, shout out to you, Jim. Kudos. That that's what being a leader is all about. Is is when you know new information, being able to say, you know what, I, I've changed my tune on this. I think uh, I have a different opinion now. So the next interview and voice we wanted to bring into the conversation um, was somebody with lived experience. One of the key key elements of the CTS site is a peer support system. So folks who have lived experience will be in the CTS um, building trust so that folks who uh, maybe are looking for a road to recovery but have been neglected by the traditional healthcare system can gain a trust with someone that they know. Um, and so we wanted to reach out to someone who A, has been a, an advocate for a safe injection site in Windsor for so long, uh, and B, has lived experience um, and can speak to um, his knowledge on that. So uh, Brandon Bailey is a Windsor resident. He runs a landscaping business, a man who is going through recovery and uh, a wealth of information. So we had an interview with him. I don't know if you have anything to add to this, Bronwyn, but uh, if not, we can roll the tape. Let's roll it. Can you tell me a bit about your experience in the past advocating for people who uh, use drugs um, and the history of the battle for a safe injection site in the city? I've been doing the uh, recovery thing since... uh, well, originally I went into a, uh, a rehab when I was 20, or I mean, when I was uh, 19 years old. Okay. Um, and, uh, but I wasn't ready at that point in my life. And then when I was 28, I uh, started going to another recovery program. And, uh, and through doing that, I was part of one group that put on a uh, recovery event in the community. And through doing that and trying to build relationships with other organizations in the community, Um, I was really seeing like a big gap there where it was like, okay, we're helping people after they get off stuff. And, but it's like, what about the people who are still using? Like it's, those are the ones that are dying. Right. And I, uh, being in recovery myself, it's like, uh, and then watching a lot of my friends end up like relapsing and stuff. I've seen a lot of people who have overdosed over time. And, uh, I guess just through like that whole process, it kind of, it's, it's just, constantly losing friends of mine and um that it's just i i felt i'm gonna say it was probably about 2017 2018 um when i started like really focusing on like a a harm reduction approach because there is like um windsor has been very um like an abstinence-based approach for a lot of years on substance use yep and like through seeing that and seeing like um, there are a lot of people who will go into recovery and um, then at some point maybe they like they get off their drug of choice well they get off everything but then they go to a point where um, they're able to some people may not have a problem with alcohol 
um, or some people may be able to like use cannabis and that's not a problem for them, but something else may have been the, the, the problem. Um, <clears throat> so do it through like seeing all of that and stuff in a, yeah, like, like I said, it was like, there was like a big gap there. So it's, I started, um, I don't really know how the, uh, the topic came up, but, uh, I know I went to a conference, it was in 2018 and through there, I like really got like a, a big, um, like I learned a lot of there about like the harm reduction and stuff like that. So like through all that stuff. Um, and I started like following it more and more and, uh, I got connected with some organizations around the country. Um, I've been lucky through like my advocacy work. I've been able to, uh, work with a lot of organizations all throughout the country. So I like some in Toronto, some out, uh, in Nova Scotia. Um, I used to sit on the, uh, uh, board of directors and I am the, uh, former vice president of the Canadian Association of People Who Use Drugs. It's a, uh, national organization that like, um, they, they work in drug policy and work with Health Canada. Um, and yet that basically they're, they're the organization that gets a lot of things done in, in, uh, in, in drug policy work. Um, Amazing. Th- thank you for that work. It's, it's, uh, I'm sure it's tough work to do and, and much needed. Uh, yeah, it's definitely, uh, it definitely takes a toll on you. For sure. For sure. Let's, let's talk a little bit about the difference between a safe injection site and a consumption treatment and services site, which is being proposed uh, and in, in the works of, of being renovated and going through. Um, in, in my understanding of what the difference is, is a safe injection site is somewhere where people would go and use and have a safe uh, space to use. Um, it gives them the sense of privacy, uh, be able to use with someone so that they can use safely. Um, and then when we get into the CTS or consumption treatment and services site, that includes some wraparound services such as social work, uh, a peer support system, uh, nurses or healthcare professionals on site, um, and those wraparound services. Can you talk to how important that is in the harm reduction model and helping people on their pathway to recovery? Um, so... What, what exactly are you asking? Sorry. So, so those wraparound services that are there, like say, for example, mm-hmm. we didn't go through with this uh, consumption treatment and services site, which has like a, a nurse and uh, a peer support system there. And say we paired down to something like uh, a mobile safe injection site where it's just a van. How would losing mm-hmm. those wraparound services affect the population who use drugs and, and, and those who want a road to recovery? But... Uh, it's hard to meet people where they're at. Does that make sense? Going off of uh, Councillor Augustino's uh, um, comments about the fact of like, uh, and I believe uh, <laughs> Mayor Gilkins said the same kind of thing, uh, about putting, like not having the site where they want to have it and then, uh, or like not where they want to have it, like where it's already been approved to right. by the uh, council last May. So the fact that it's coming back up when it's supposed to be opening in a month is crazy. Yeah. Um, but they, they were saying about it going into a mobile site. Um, at this point in the picture, it doesn't even make sense to go back to a mobile site. They have a building that has been under construction for the last almost year. Yeah. Like it's, um, so yeah, I, 
really, I don't, I, I, it really all depends on what, what would the mobile site or like van, whatever you want to call it, like what would it offer? Like I'm not, not really sure. Like I can say, um, I know of over 50 different supervised consumption sites or, you know, safe injection. Like basically at the end of the day, all of them are exactly the same in terms of, they, they all do the same kind of thing. It's just a matter of, um, in Ontario, the conservative government came in and said, uh, we're not going to support these overdose prevention sites. And they wanted to pretty it up. And they, then they said, oh, well, we're not going to support the sites unless it's basically pushing people into recovery. Interesting. Um, okay. So, yeah, like it's really, and so then at that point, they changed the name and said, okay, well, it's a consumption and treatment site. And then they started saying that it offers wraparound. Um, they had wraparound services in at Insight, which is the first ever supervised consumption site. Well, it's an overdose prevention site. Um, that one was opened in uh, 2001, I think it was, okay. in Vancouver. And that one has a, um, basically for, it has like a detox and a, um, basically people go upstairs and they can go up there to be in uh, like a live-in uh, inpatient, um, I don't know if it's considered a rehab or what it is, but um, yeah, th so the wraparound services have been offered all the time. It's just that hasn't been the, what we've been focusing on. Like, yes, we still, if, if somebody's going to ask for services, 100%, here you go, we'll give them to you. But at the same time, if, if somebody walks in and they're coming in and they want to use and people try pushing recovery on people, they're not going to come. Right. Like, I know, I like, um, let's flip it around. If, uh, if you want to go have a good time and you want to go out to a bar, are you going to go to a bar where the bartender is sitting in front of you and saying, hey, why don't you go to an NA or an AA meeting? Right. The whole thing. Yeah. Like, would, you, would that feel comfortable? The people would never go back to that bar. Right. So if you're trying to push people into something that maybe they're not the most comfortable with, it's never going to happen. But, um, the big important thing about being able to have the uh, the site and with the peer workers is the peer workers are able to build relationships with people who use drugs because they themselves are people with that same lived experience. So through building those relationships and building like a, uh, a trust system, you can connect people with the, uh, the services there because like people are going to be a lot more trusting of like what 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 did like what worked for you or what worked for other people. And they're going to take your advice a lot better because like, they they obviously have built a relationship with you. Um, and like having it from like the peer doing that instead of say like a nurse or um, nurse practitioner is I, I can say um, being a person who sees substances, um, we're not always treated the best in like hospital type settings. Right. So there's a, um, there's there's a lot of discrimination that goes on for people who use drugs in in hospital setting, and um, people who use drugs don't have the most trust for the medical system. So being able to put somebody there who's a peer worker, it's able to to build up that relationship and to build a trust and to be able to all work together. Cool. That that's that's very helpful insight. Um, and you brought up things I didn't think about before. Uh, thanks for that insight. Uh, are there any deep misconceptions that people come to you when talking about these uh, consumption sites that you can debunk for us or speak to um, anything that you think is, is good for people to hear about how beneficial a consumption site is for a community. 
I, I've heard a lot of crazy things over the years. Um, we, we, like I've been told that uh, when we were going to open up a, an unsanctioned site back a few years ago, um, we were told that we were going to be provide or like the word was that we were going to be uh, letting people use, but we were also going to be providing people with drugs and never like, I don't, I don't know. Um, basically drugs cost money and uh, <laughs> people don't just give drugs away for free. So it's uh, that's not going to happen. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, like it's, 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 there's no drugs being given or like shared or anything in the space. Um, it's people worry about is the crime rate going to go up in the area where it happened, like where the site is. Um, statistics say that it does not increase crime. It stays basically the same. Mm -hmm. From my own experiences, being involved in the community of people who use drugs, like, you know, you don't really, um, you, you, you don't like, um, I'm trying to come up with a nice way to put it you don't shit where you eat i guess <laughs> i don't know if i'm allowed to say that on no here, no yeah yeah that's, that's totally fine <laughs> okay um so yeah like it's pe people aren't walking out of the site where uh, where they're being able to receive help and walking out and going and robbing the neighbor or and things like that like it's um is there a possibility of bad apples? Absolutely, but there's already people out doing those things. It's not going to draw people to do it. People aren't going to walk outside and and go commit a crime. Like it's, if anything, people come in and they use the site and they're able to see that they're treated like human beings and looked at like they're human beings, um, and being like treated in a humane way for once, and then they tend to have more respect for the area because of the fact of you know like it's just like. I don't know anywhere where I go if like people treat me well, like I'm gonna wanna you know take care of the the, the people around like that around me, right? Like it's yeah, hundred percent. Uh, you feel welcome. You're gonna you're gonna appreciate that community uh, with your manners, right? Absolutely. Thanks so much for your time, dude. Uh, I really appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Brandon. Well, Brandon, all I can say is thank you. Thank you for taking the time to speak to us, to let our listeners know what you've been through and what your insight is on this. Um, just thank you for your words. Thank you for speaking out, speaking up. That was really awesome to have you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for having the conversation with me. Thanks for being the advocate that you are and doing the work that you do to help everybody in the community. It's invaluable work. It's not easy work. Big kudos. Big thank you to Brandon. Thanks for having your voice on our show. The last interview we have before we get to uh, Counselor Agostino's interview is Brian Yaoman. Brian Yaoman is the current outgoing chair of the downtown BIA. And he actually ran as Ward 3 Counselor against Counselor Agostino and lost by 75 votes. Um, so he's got a good grasp on what happened during the four years of consultation for this project from the lens of the BIA. Um, and has a grasp of what's going on downtown. Uh, Brian, do you have anything to add about Brian? Um, I'm just really glad that he, you know, uh, didn't just pack his bags and head out of the conversation after the election results. I'm glad his, his, um, finger is still on the pulse and I, I'm proud to have him speak in a, on our podcast today. Yeah. No, knowing Brian, like I know him, I don't think he's going to take his finger off the pulse. He loves his community a lot. Um, and he's very passionate about it. And he had some very interesting insight uh, as to 
what the process was like and how the businesses downtown um, feel about a site like this. So we'll roll that tape. We have Brian Yeomans with us, and he's the outgoing sitting chair of the downtown BIA. Um, he also ran for ward councillor uh, in Ward 3 in this most recent municipal election and um, came in second by 75 votes. And Brian, the reason we invited you on today to talk, A, we're super excited to have you here. I know you're a listener and a friend of the show. Um, but really, we're looking for some insight on the consultation that happened for the site selection for the CTS, the Consumption Treatment Services site. So can you tell me, as uh, the chair of the BIA and knowing the inner workings of the businesses downtown, how the site was selected and how the consultation process went? Give me your insight on that. For sure. And thank you so much for having me on here. I'm so excited to finally be on the Winter Speakeasy. Huge fan. Um, when they uh, first started doing the consults, I mean, they've been doing consultations with with several different, uh, with the public, with um, private, you know, businesses. They're, they've also met with boards and, and so forth, such as myself. Um, and this is not something that was taken lightly. This was done when we had our consultations. It was, it was the middle of the pandemic. We did it all by a Zoom. Um, there were a lot of questions being asked and a lot of uh, requests for information as to what we wanted to see. Um, and where this becomes really uh, helpful is when I was at one of the uh, Ontario BIA conferences, uh, I had thought of, you know, we've, we've had this, you know, uh, drug issue going on downtown for a long, long time. And what other BIA, there's 250 BIAs at this conference, what other BIA has this issue kind of as, as we did? And so I reached out to the Young Street BIA. For from, Toronto. from Toronto, okay. From Toronto. And mm -hmm. I asked um, kind of how they do it, and I would love to have some time to talk with them. And they were thrilled to have the opportunity. And they invited, um, I, it was my wedding day, so I couldn't go, but uh, we sent Debbie and Pat Papadeus, the, cha the vice chair of the BIA, to the Young Street uh, BIA to see how they do things. Um, they have four CTS sites in downtown Toronto at the time this was back in 2019 um, and there's there's probably more there today there's than... probably more now yeah gotcha. but in their BIA they had four CTS sites and two of them were done where the city just said this is where they're going to go and those have been handled horribly because there was no public consultation the other two they reached out to the boards and the public and the businesses and the the, the neighborhoods surrounding it and it was through that public consultation that they found the most ideal locations. So that was really helpful for us. They also have the safe and secure roundtable, similar to what we had in the past. Um, and I know I'm kind of digressing, but I did want to say, like, we had insight from outside of our area, because this isn't a Windsor-centric problem. Right. This is, you know, this is a global uh, a global problem right now. Mm -hmm. You know, um, so we wanted to get input from someone that's been there and has been has already done this portion. So we had that input and that insight before we even had the opportunity to get consulted with by the city, by the health unit, by the police, you know, all the people, all the people that came to the table. So I was really happy that we had kind of some cards already in our hands as to what needed to be looked at. 
Um, yeah, and, and if I recall correctly, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, there was two sites that were kind of up in the air, and the 101 Wyandotte Street East is obviously the one that is currently being renovated and set up for this site. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you tell me about those two site selections and why, why one was more tenable than the other? Well, it's, it's funny because those weren't the only two locations. There were several locations that, they, that the, the city and the, the health unit and so forth were looking at. And some of them were, um, and I'll say it worse than others. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the locations was um, on Polisher Street in the middle of where the farmer's market is. Right. And through public consultation, if they didn't go to public consultation, we very well could have seen the CTS site go on Polisher Street. Hmm. which is one of the busiest areas of the city right now. For sure. Yeah. Um, so they, they scratched that through public consultation. The other location that was, that was actually ideal was a spot directly across the street from the hospital on Goyo. Right. And, which would have been ideal. No question that was the, the best location. However, the city doesn't own that property. Someone else owns that property. And that person has to be willing to lease that property to the city for this purpose, which they were not prepared to do. Gotcha. So these are all different factors that we have to take into account. And so this isn't something that was done kind of on a whim. These are the locations. This is the best location. Is it ideal? No, it's not. There is no perfect spot. I used to be the general manager of the hotel across the street from where this is going on 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. This is not a a new situation that's been happening around. Um, These people need help. They need help now. The site has been s- selected. The work is already underway. Changing location now will cost lives. Yeah. Yeah. My suggestion, make it happen. Make it happen now. If you're looking for a better location, get this started so that we can save lives now. Yeah. I... If you find a better location two years down the road, great but we're not waiting another two years and seeing more people die mm-hmm. we saw we're seeing deaths every we're seeing overdoses month after month after month this isn't something that can just be taken lightly we saw some of the statistics um from the health unit and not only are these numbers consistent of overdose deaths over the years they're rising at a at a, at a consistent rate. alarming so the, rate. the longer we wait the more the more lives are at risk exactly one more, one more thing I want to pick your brain on, Brian, is sure. can you address some of um, the concerns that a business owner adjacent or near to a CTS would have, and um, maybe we can talk about some of the myths and, and facts about w- what a CTS does to businesses in the area? It's a great question. Sure. Um, I, I'm not going to uh, ever claim to be an expert. On, at this aspect of it, sure. which is why they didn't just come to the BIA and say, should we have it here? Because we're not the experts. Uh, this has been handled by countless experts from all different departments, from the city to you know the, the, the health unit and all that. There's just so many different people. So I'm not the expert at this, so I'm not, I'm not going to claim to be. Sure, just in, um, your, just in your experience working with sure. the businesses in the BIA. Of course. Um, right now, we are seeing people using in public. I live downtown, I work downtown. It's, it's here. The issue is the majority of the, 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 a lot of the situations that are happening, a lot of the usage that's happening is happening in the back alleys 
of the businesses right next door to where the CTS site is. Mm-hmm. So the 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 concern about people are going to this corner to use breaking news. They're going to. They're already news. at that corner using, right. but outside in public. Yeah. So when you're you're concerned about which, what which it is, looks like, which is it more dangerous, worse. Yeah. To have them sitting in an alley or in front of a business or in the parking lot of the McDonald's using drugs or putting them in a place where they can A, be safe, A, get the opportunity to get help if they need it, and C, you know, actually create a cleaner environment in general. Right, right. As we, as we learned, uh, the staff, there's, there's a security guard on site all the time. Mm-hmm. It's yep. 24-hour surveillance. The staff is required to sweep the surrounding neighborhood three times a day for uh, trash, uh, discarded drug equipment, um, and to enforce a no loitering policy so that, um, you know, people come to the site, use in the means that they want to, and then go on with their daily business rather than sticking around and and, and jam at the, the city corner. Yeah, I truly believe this, this is a better option for those businesses in that area than having them just use in their parking lots and in their alleys and next to their buildings. Right. And, and, and uh, somebody in the presentation today made it quite uh, a stark comparison. Members of the BIA are, in a sense, safe consumption sites. We just call them bars. It's a safe place to consume alcohol. And mm-hmm. the people who give you that alcohol are trained under a smart serve. They're certified to give you this alcohol, know how much is good for you. Uh, and move on. So we do already have a business, a, a, a commercial business model that works this way. Um, but I think it's it's breaking through that stigma, being empathetic, being compassionate to um, people right. who choose to use drugs. Well, unfortunately, um, fortunately or unfortunately, however you want to look at it. Um, and I've been in the bar business. I was in the bar business for 25 years. Um, alcohol has been romanticized. Right. It's been romanticized since prohibition. It's been made to look sexy. It's been made to appeal to every age group. Um, and drugs have been, you know, reefer madness and, and you know, the like <laughs> ever since, you know, back in the, the 50s, you know, when they tried to make it, uh, you know, a craze, you know, that you were, you had a problem. The stigma is, is stuck, unfortunately. And, you know, I'm not talking about cannabis right now. Right. You know, we're, we're talking about drugs that are killing people that are that are they're, they're causing them to overdose and die um you know or close to it we need to find a solution that i i we just need to find a solution and this is honestly the the ultimate opportunity to quell the wave of death right thanks so much for your input brian is there anything else you want to say about the issue uh, that's on your heart. I, I, I just find it's uh, one of the other things that, that actually uh, I, I heard and it kind of bothered me was the opportunity was the idea of putting it in the H4. Yes. Uh, homelessness and help uh, housing help hub, um, which is uh, akin to putting and, you know, pardon my crassness, putting an LCBO next to Brentwood. Right. Yeah. Yeah. These are people that are trying to avoid the situations of, of drug use, and we're putting it in that same spot that 
is a bad idea. Right. Not, not only that, but although there are intersecting lines between homelessness or, or people who are struggling with being unhoused and mm-hmm. addictions, they're not the same issue. They're, 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 no, of course not. There's, there's a Venn diagram and there's people who meet in the middle, but there's people on both sides of it that need services for just needing a place to live and people who just need uh, services uh, to consume drugs safely. And so... Yeah. Uh, Don't con- put them in the same con- yeah. place. Yeah. yeah. I think Don't that's put an them with the same brush. Yeah. Thanks, man. Anything else you want to say on it? No, thank you again so much for uh, taking the time to chat with me about this. This is a very important uh, topic to me. Brian, thank you. Um, it's great to finally have you on Speakeasy. And I- I'm. it sucks that it has to be something like this that's so uh, dire and time sensitive. But like, thank you for taking the time. Just thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks, Brian. It was lovely chatting with you. Probably not the last time you'll hear uh, Brian's voice on the podcast. Um, I'm sure. Yeah, we'll talk about talk something about sunnier. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Brian. Um, and now oh, we get into a really interesting interview. I give kudos to Councillor Agostino for coming on the show and voicing his opinion. I know there's some counselors out there who would avoid this um, and just remain quiet and keep doing their work um, in, in behind the scenes. But thanks for coming on, Councillor Agostino. You have anything to say, Brownin? Well, he promised me that he was listening um so we'll we'll return the favor and listen to him as well i just uh yeah really glad that his his take is gonna get uh heard by everyone so uh enjoy cool man well welcome to the windsor speakeasy happy to have you on the show really interested to hear your perspectives on uh this file um we're here to talk about your notice of motion to rescind the approval of the 101 Wyandotte Consumption Treatment and Services site. So give me your take. Why are you passionate about rescinding this as, as the approved site? Um, where are you coming from? So here's my, my take on this and why I did what I did. You know, I, first of all, I want to make it perfectly clear. I 1,000% endorse that downtown Windsor needs a safe site for consumption. We need a CTS. There's no question about that in my mind. What I don't want to see is us making a mistake or being rushed into a mistake by choosing the wrong location. No one, I'm certain no one on council has any qualms with this in regards to the necessity and the need of it. I know. I've spent so much time downtown. I've spent so much time on the streets. I've spent so much time in Glengarry. I've spent time in 920 Olet, 1616. I see the struggles that exist out there. I get it. Sure. But I want to get this right the first time because it is my belief that having a CTS located right outside the tunnel, next to a McDonald's, next to a hotel, is the wrong location for that to be in. And I get it. A lot of people worked really hard on this. Quite frankly, it's probably one of the best reports that's ever come back to council. But you know who else has worked hard? The businesses that exist down there, the residents that live there, they put in hard work too. And I need to represent everybody and I need to make the best decision for downtown for everyone. I, yeah, I can appreciate that. Now, you, you said that 
you, you don't, you're worried about rushing into this decision. This decision is not something that happened overnight. It's something that's been under consultation for over four years. The site was chosen mm -hmm. almost two years ago. Um, a lot of experts have designated this site as the most tenable downtown. It's gone through public consultation. Like you said, it's one of the most comprehensive reports council's ever seen. Mm -hmm. uh, what, what makes you think that the consultation that's gone on, it, it makes this the wrong site? Well, there was an original site chosen on Goyi. That, at the last minute, and I don't know why, it fell through. And then the second site was basically defaulted. Yeah, I learned today why that Goyu site fell through. That site is actually owned privately, not by the city. And um, it, there was a, a lease deal that couldn't go through um, based on the private ownership of that land. That's why that deal didn't go through. Making the 101 Wyandotte site the most tenable site in our city. And as we know, something like this, there's no perfect location. But And, and I get that. And I get that. There is no perfect location. But from what I see, from what I want to propose, is I, it's no secret that we have quite a few locations downtown that desperately need services. Locations that desperately need help. I would be more than happy to take the site off of the corner right in front of the tunnel and, you know, without speaking out of place, because that's what I'm about to do, I would love to see the site next door to the mission where the services are desperately needed. I would love to see the site at Glengarry where the services are desperately needed. We need to help people as quickly as we can, and we need to help the most people that we possibly can. But we also don't need to hurt businesses we don't need to add another area in an area that is already having a hard time coping with everything. I want to see the same model that Ottawa has, that London has. You look at London, they moved their CTS. They moved it, coincidentally, beside a mission, right? We don't know what the results of this are going to be. We have no idea. You never know. The experts will say this. Someone else will say that. The truth is, the only way you know is to test it and find out. Okay, so, I so let, me, let me interrupt mm -hmm. you. So if the only way is to test it and find out, we are so far on this project. It's due to open in a month, a month and a half in March from what I'm hearing today. We're so close. You sat on the, the Board of Health meeting last I week and, and approved the budget for the capital spending on this building. We're so far on this mm -hmm. project. Why not try it? And if it doesn't work, Make the changes after. That, you you can save lives with that decision, Ronaldo. And, and that that option is not currently present. That well, what option do you mean not currently exist. present? That that is not something that's been discussed, right? I want to make sure we get this right the first time, what, right? Right. But you said the only way to find out is to try. So why we're yeah. so far in this project? We have money on the line. Not only that, if we if we put the current project in jeopardy by moving forward with your motion, 70% of the funding right now is coming from the provincial government. If you mm. move forward with this motion, you're at risk of losing that 70%. The health unit can come back and say, hey, we need a consumption site now, and then the local taxpayers are on the hook for the full bill between us and the county. So like, I it's not a fiscal choice. I don't believe that that's true. Uh, okay, the, the, sure. province, the, the province and the federal government have not approved the site. 
I, from not, what I understand, I sat through a meeting today. The federal government has approved the site as a consumption treatment site. And so with that rubber stamping, they have all, all the grounds to say, hey, you can approve consumption of illegal substances in this building. They, those hoops are jumped through. I haven't, I haven't seen that. That happened today? I haven't seen that. Well, there was, there, was a, there was a town hall meeting that I sat through today um, with, with all those answers. It's live, I'll send, or it's recorded. I'll send you the link to it. Please do. For sure. Please do. I would appreciate it. I was not informed of any type of meeting today. I think there was three town halls this week that the health unit put on mm. for consultations for this project. And I attended yes, the one unfor today. Unfortunately, we had budget all week. So of course. Me, my time was kind of, but I did, I did make it to about 20 minutes of one of them. Right? So I get it. I get it. I just want to make sure that for all of downtown, it's done right. Let me, let me ask you this. By, by looking at this site choice again, what are you scared of? Who are you protecting? What, 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 what is the advantage of changing the path that we're already set on? So I'll, I'll, I'll give you the answer. It's real simple. When I ran my campaign, I made this point as one of the pillars of my campaign. It was one of the pillars. It should come to no surprise to anyone that I'm doing this and that I'm questioning this. I won an election based on one of these pillars. It is my duty as part of the health board to do what's best for that in this situation. But it's also my duty. And I swore an oath to do what's best for the people of Ward 3. That was what elections are all about. And I took the oath, so I will uphold my duty because I made a point of it. And I'm not gonna go back on what I promised people I was gonna do. I knocked on thousands of doors, thousands of doors. And whether people like it or not, this was a hot topic. So I brought this topic to the forefront. And now, council is going to have to make a decision along with me. So when people ask why, what, where, when, how, it's real simple. But my, my, my question is, like, what is the advantage of, of I, I get that it was a pillar in your campaign, and, and you want to follow through on that promise. You had the mm -hmm. opportunity when you were in your, the, the Board of Health meeting last week to raise any concerns about the budgetary, you, 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 you voted to approve a budget for this project, did you raise the, any concerns the, the, in that meeting about this? The, the, the budget, the budget, basically covers a lot of things. I, I right? understand, but did you did you so, ask so any questions specifically about this project that, no, that you're now because, going against? Because it was my first meeting, and coincidentally, I did have a meeting about this afterwards, which has led me to where I am today. Because I want to make sure this is done properly. And I promised. But it was it was a campaign decision. pillar. Why didn't you? Ask, you knew about it when in your campaign, like, you knew about it you in the mean, meeting to approve the budget. It was in the report on the budget. Yeah. The budget is for a lot of things. We also were listening to the health board come today for budget, right? Right. So now's my opportunity to do this, right? I promised the people of Ward Three that this is what I was going to do. I get it. Some people aren't going to like it. I get that. But th this is what elections are for. Yeah, yeah, I, I, you're right, and and you did win by 75 votes, so that is a, a thin a mandate to make that decision on. Let, Absolutely, but let me make something clear. If the safe, if the CTS opens 
at 101 Wyandotte Street in March. You have my word. For the first 30 days, I will sit at the front desk of the building, making sure that everything is okay. If that's the case, then that's fine. I will be there supporting it. No question about it. I'll cut the ribbon. I'll do whatever it takes to make sure that it works. So then why not, if, why, why not let it go through let me finish. as it's supposed to go through? Let, let me finish. Okay. But if there is an opportunity to do it better, I'm going to ask for that, and that's exactly what I said. But so that's going to take time and cost lives, Ronaldo. Well, this, we'll see. I appreciate your passion. I appreciate your answers, and I would definitely appreciate it if you send me that link. For sure. You're not I'll, a bad guy. I will say, I'll send you the, the recording of the meeting that happened today. It had a vast wealth of information. I appreciate you coming on and, and speaking to me. Brother, I appreciate you, and I promise, regardless, I will do what's best for downtown. Thank you, my That's man. what I've been doing since the day I started. Thank you so much. Well, well, Thank we'll you. see you around. Bye. I do want to make a correction. In the interview with uh, Councilor Agostino, I mentioned that the feds had put a rubber stamp on this to approve it. Afterwards, uh, Councilor Agostino helped me find the information that the final rubber stamp isn't actually on there from the feds for the site. But sitting through the town hall and talking to the professionals that are in charge of this project, one of the only things stopping this from opening in a timely fashion and one of the things they're concerned about affecting the timeline of this project is the construction that's currently happening in the site at right now. So as we know, you know, construction and contracting, there can be delays that no one can foresee. So those are the kind of delays they're thinking of. The federal stamp of approval doesn't seem to be a worry for those organizing this project. I just wanted to make that factual correction. So there you have it, folks. Um... Ronaldo's words from Ronaldo's mouth. Uh, here at the Windsor Speakeasy, our motto is we aren't telling you what to think, just asking you to think. So have a, have some thoughts. Uh, you know, have a think about <laughs> what you just heard. If you're curious about learning more about this project, there's a recording of a town hall that is so comprehensive about why they made the choices they did, how it's going to work, what support services are there. We'll put that link in this description. We'll also link it in our socials. Check out our Instagram, uh, Windsor Speak Easy, all uh, one word. We'll put all the information there. Get yourself informed. We're, this is just a, a primer. This is giving you some voices, but there's so much more information out there about this project. Yeah, and, uh, and actually, Bronwyn, the, the... Oh, sorry, go ahead. That's okay. I, I just wanted to hear kind of where you're coming from, where your heart is on this personally. Um, I think we have to f remind ourselves that this isn't about a brick and mortar building. This is about human beings. Um, and these human beings are going through unspeakable things that many of us that touch many of our lives. And we have to stop putting our political agendas or our businesses agendas or any other agenda other than we do not want human beings to die unnecessarily. This is what it comes mm -hmm. down to. And it's just like, where are you going to sit on this is going to really leave a mark on 
your legacy. As a politician, as a resident of our city, if we're not speaking out against this, if we are not thinking of the human beings that are directly affected by our decisions, who are we? What are we doing? And and that's just how I, this just makes me want to cry. And I have cried about it. And I can't, and I'm going to delegate on Monday. So join me guys, come sit in the meeting. But my opinion is if we are silent on this, we are complacent in delaying the prevention of human life being lost. And that is unacceptable. Period. Yeah. A hundred percent. Bradwin. You know, I, I'm the same. I, uh, I'm not a big crier, but I had a couple big cries about this because, you know, from so many angles, this seems like a win. We've been wanting this service in our city for years. We know it works in other cities. We have money already invested in this building, in this project. The plans are there. It's going to open in March. So from a fiscal standpoint, it doesn't make sense not to do this because you'll just waste all the money you've already poured into it, let alone losing federal or uh, funding from the Ontario government. But what hits me more is the, the human cost. This seems to me when I dig around in what's causing this is that politicking it one way or another is if this goes through is going to cause preventable deaths. And every time I think I'm, I'm getting choked up now, every time I think about that, how, how can you make this decision and, and, and live with yourself as a, a person who cares about other people you live around? Uh, and I'll leave my thoughts there. Um, as always, guys, uh, check out our socials. Everything will be there. Windsor Speakeasy, windsorspeakeasy.com. We'll put some information up there. Um, we have some calls to action. So if this is, you're good. If this has moved you, there's some things you can do. We always ask you on issues like this to call or message or email your city councilor. Because of how important this issue is, there's a few more calls to action that we're going to add to the list today. So A, you know, that's super important. If your counselor is reachable to you, the phone call is the number one way to talk to them because it's not a conversation in comments or it's not an email. It's not text messages. It's human to human um, and you can have that human interaction. So I recommend it. It's scary. Uh, uh, No doubt about it. As a millennial who doesn't like phone calls, it's scary, but it's valuable. Uh, If not, Message them, call them. Brahman, what else can people do? They can share this episode. They can share our stories. They can share our posts. Um, there are other agencies and organizations in the city that are sharing information about this. Um, Positive Pathways, the Health Unit, um, lots of others. So uh, get this uh, situation into your algorithm and share, share, share. Because the more people that we reach the more people that can come forward who have lived experience who want to possibly turn um a personal tragedy into activism which is hard to say a silver lining but sometimes can feel good um and let's let's we cannot let them forget that the decision they're going to make this cannot be a vote and forget about it thing so they need to be haunted by this decision for as often as we can surround them with it 
until we hopefully have them do the right thing. For sure. Uh, Another way that you can help out if you own a business or you know somebody who owns a business, especially in the downtown core, one of council's points in doing this is is the judgment or the perception that this could be bad for the adjacent businesses. If businesses stand up and say, no, this is a service we want, this is a service we need, this is a service we've been looking for, um, they can submit a letter of recommendation to not do this, to to keep the project going to council. If they need help with that or want to sign one that is pre-done, they can reach out to us. Uh, we'll get them in the right yes. avenues. That's going to be huge in the council chambers. It's going to go in the agenda. And if they see a stack of papers that, from business owners saying, hey, uh, this is good. We want this. It's going to be hard for them to make their case. Absolutely. Uh, you can delegate yourself. You can go to council. If you have lived experience, if you've been touched by an overdose death, if if you just are super passionate about this, um, write a thing, sign up to delegate. If you need help with that, we can help you out with that. Um, it will be a late submission to delegate, but usually they'll say, yeah, that's no problem. And they'll let you delegate anyways, because the cutoff was Friday at 4 p.m. Um, so there's that. I'll be delegating uh, for the first time. Yeah, 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 it's 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 a hugely powerful thing to do. It's again a scary thing to do, but um, it's powerful. It's rewarding. It's hard. Step outside your comfort zone. If you do, it could help save people's lives. Honestly, um, share as much as you can. We love you all so much. We love the people in our city so much, um, and we hope that this can help. Spread the word about this vastly important issue um, That's could have a heartbreaking end. When you're doing work like this, there's always going to be that haunting feeling that you wish there was more you could do. Mm-hmm. And there probably is more you can do, but it's always important to look out for yourself, take time for yourself. Um, I found myself getting caught up in this, and I knew I needed to take 20 minutes to think about my own life or, or something that didn't matter at all. Um, to keep my own mental health. So take care of yourself uh, and take care of your loved ones um, and tell people today that you love them. Mm-hmm. 